All right, I think we'll make a start. Good evening and welcome. Um, I'm delighted to see so many uh, people here for the first post-Christmas, uh, first uh, Caribbean seminar of 2017 with Dr. Karen Wilkes. Um, Dr. Karen Wilkes is lecturer in sociology at Birmingham City University, and her interdisciplinary research on visual texts explores the formation and representation of gender, class, sexuality, and race in historical and contemporary visual culture. Um, she's published extensively in this field, including her book, uh, which we'll see um, the nice uh, leaflets for later, her book, um, Whiteness, Weddings, and Tourism in the Caribbean, Paradise for Sale, which was published last year, 2016. And also a number of chapters and articles, including From the Landscape to the White Female Body in Mediating the Tourist Experience, 2013, Whiteness and Postcolonial Luxury in the edited volume Unsettling Whiteness of 2014, and Colluding with Neoliberalism, Post-Feminist Subjectivities, Whiteness and Expressions of Entitlement in the Feminist Review of July 2015. She has also uh, served on the Committee of the Society for Caribbean Studies, and is a fellow of the Higher Education Academy. Uh, so we're really delighted to welcome her here this evening to tell us about this intriguing topic of destination white weddings in the post-colonial neoliberal economy of the Caribbean. So uh, join me in welcoming Karen. Thank you, Kate. Um, so um, thank you everyone for coming. Um, really looking forward to um, talking and hearing what you think about um, about this topic. So, um, yes, yeah, so as the title um, of my talk is about um, destination weddings, I'll begin. So the destination white wedding is a lens through which to examine the interlocking discourses that articulate and disseminate notions of white femininity as the ideal standard of beauty. The contemporary positioning of the affluent white woman as a post-feminist subject defined as autonomous and is defined as autonomous, educated, and economically independent. These notions intersect with the well-worn narrative that constructs the Caribbean as an unproblematic paradise. Tourism, through a wide range of visual media, continues to communicate visual truths or myths about the Caribbean as an attainable fantasy destination. So through the medium of television, the pri British primetime game show, um, Blind Date, gave Jamaica wide exposure as a couple's destination. The opening programme of the new series in November 2001 presented a vignette of the contestants Michelle Worley's and Darren Cook's five-night deluxe all-inclusive stay at the swept-away couples resort in Jamaica. This airtime and promotion of Jamaica introduced new audiences to and reminded familiar ones of the narratives of romance, escape and notions of the exotic that are associated with Jamaica. So the appropriation of the island as a setting to convey Western ideas of a romantic paradise is contemporarily reiterated in advertising campaigns promoting soft drinks, alcohol and confectionery. So Lilt, Bacardi Rum, um, Bounty Chocolate Bars are a few examples of where Caribbean islands are indistinguishable from one another and any Western-derived fantasy can be enhanced with an assumed Caribbean beach backdrop. So any concept or idea, it appears, can be projected onto the Caribbean as a simple beach landscape and incorporated into existing discourses of paradise. Conceptualised as paradise in the Western imagination, there is nothing that demonstrates the uniqueness of Jamaica and the wider Caribbean when represented as a desirable, yet attainable and commodified object 
in the form of a prize for game show contestants or lucky readers of newspapers and magazines rewarded with a luxury romantic Caribbean holiday. So this practice has been subsumed within the packaging of the Caribbean as a backdrop for heteronormative displays of wealth and contributes to the way in which the region is framed in the, in the white Western imaginary and through new media technology simply disperses colonial discourses across space as well as time. So the range of colonial discourses that are reworked in the contemporary context are successful as highly sensitive polysemic constructs. These are motifs taken from the taste cultures of the colonial period, so the white plantation house, for example, and once sexualised and also racialised labour have become entangled within new discourses of unrestrained and reckless, reckless pleasure-seeking and sexual transgression and form a heady mix of socio-artifacts or behaviours that celebrate and display heterosexual romance and white destination weddings. So these discursive elements are tied together by the elevation of the white female to Princess Bride, who appears to be transformed in the post-feminist neoliberal context. So in what Gombrich and Metzoff described as visually, as visually saturated culture, these visual and literary discourses continue to appear as regimes of truth, produced in a neoliberal economic context via global media. So this is significant, particularly significant for those who have limited knowledge or understanding or history of the region, as images can be used as stand-in for experience as a source of information when experience is lacking. As information is the key ingredient for success in the 21st century, to use Manuel Castell's term, images which provide information in the form of repeated myths about <coughs> paradise are able to convince the potential tourists that the destination depicted is a place that they actually know. Indeed, visual discourse lulls viewers into believing that seeing is understanding. So the contemporary truths are drawn from colonial travel discourses which were established during the inception of tourism in the Caribbean at the end of the 19th and the beginning of the 20th centuries. So the colonial elites plan to establish Jamaica as a luxury destination, attracting affluent whites to the colony. Fantasies and narratives of Jamaica as paradise were constructed. Plantation houses were turned into hotels and campaigns to persuade visitors enlisted the medium of photography to construct a, a safe, luxurious white space. So the travel writer James Henry Stark assured his readers that in the main, the labouring classes of Jamaica are law-abiding and submissive. So travel guides produced by the colonial authorities and their agents and wealthy tourists constructed and controlled the narrative of the region with the use of photography to provide evidence that Jamaica was an earthly paradise. Alongside discourses of submissive labour, these were central to the elites maintaining the racial power structures as they had done under slavery. So the fantasy of the land of cocaine, the medieval folktale of a land without labour, was enacted in the post-slavery travel narratives to continue to perpetuate the enduring colonial stereotype that black people were lazy and did not work because Jamaica was a paradise. These racialised positions are made palatable for, a contemporary, for our contemporary race-sensitive audiences, reimagined in the form of the Sandals Elite Butler Service, which I'll come on to talk about later. So colonial discourse continued with travel guides professing the entitlements of whiteness. Thus James Henry Stark in his Jamaica Guide advises his readers that, and I quote, a white of position with the visitor from Europe or, or the American continent takes his, first he takes his place in a first-class carriage, end quote. So he continues by re reassuring his readers that the black population know their place as they are ruled through, and I quote, absolute subjection, end quote. 
So the commodification of black labour in travel narratives, which normalise and naturalise the marginal position of blackness, simultaneously position blackness as central to capitalism through the servicing of whiteness. As with Scheller's discussion of the Spanish planter surrounded by luxury commodities in the so-called New World, part of the luxury package is the physical presence of the slave and the ability to consume the slaves through their servitude. So the contemporary travel discourses of the Caribbean are framed by nostalgia for consuming blackness as subservient and compliant labour. This racialised way of seeing transforms the slave into doting butlers, evoking nostalgia for colonialism by appropriating British tropes of imperialism and royalty. These ideas and discourses are communicated to us with offers to visually consume mass-produced visual text. So for 35 years, the white-owned Jamaican company, Sandals, has been central in the dissemination of visual discourses of the Caribbean as paradise and romantic escape, and have made innovative use of internet technologies to promote their brand of the Caribbean as a homogenous tropical playground to a new generation of privileged travellers through the promotion of the Destination White Wedding. So Sandals actively sell the Caribbean as attainable luxury through its interactive website and high-quality glossy brochures. Sandals are the market leader for all-inclusive holidays and destination weddings in the Caribbean and currently have 25 resorts throughout the region. So the setting for much of Sandals' um, visual campaigns is the Caribbean beach. Through these representations, post-colonial island states such as Jamaica, Antigua and St. Lucia are undifferentiated and packaged as exotic and subscribe to a, quote, Western culture's enduring attachment to romanticism, end quote. When considering the politics of the beach, Mary Louise Pratt's notion of the colonial contact zone is useful to understand the historical significance of the Caribbean beach. A site of conquest and initial exchange, the shore was the first meeting point of those from Europe with the Taino and the Arawaks, the indigenous peoples of the Caribbean. So the staging of elaborate white weddings on a Caribbean beach, which reaffirmed traditional gender positions, displaces history by reinventing the beach as a heterosexual playground and represent neo-colonial conditions which place outside interests of capitalism and foreign corporations above the interests of local people and communicate unequal global power relations in that the rich West can go wherever they want. The images are staged away from the economic and social realities of the undistinguishable island and in the contemporary context, the contact zone is transformed into the much-prized luxury empty white beach. The economic structures of many post-colonial states in the Caribbean are dependent on beaches and the valorisation of which is evident in Sandals' promotional material. So beach weddings are constructed as desirable by tastemakers such as Sandals as they draw on the notion that modern subjects deserve to escape from the strictures of contemporary society. As Bell Hooks argues, much of Western visual culture is based on fantasies of escape. These ideas are used to lure and entice a special tourist by repackaging and reappropriating formerly colonised spaces in which they can host a destination wedding. So recolonising the region through narratives of romance deflects attention away from the inequalities that are perpetuated through the privileging of the tourist as a special subject. This positioning of the tourist as special is communicated through the post-feminist subject. She is hailed as being a symbol of progressive social change. And yet her happiness and success are communicated through the narrow prescriptions of femininity and an ideal of beauty that is defined by very narrow parameters. So articulated as a thin torso, long hair and pale white skin, although models with tan skin are frequently used to connote wealth um, in, the tourism, in tourism and fashion media. 
So a white beauty standard is perpetuated and is significant for the way in which this idea of beauty permeates almost every facet of Western culture, most certainly the hegemonic discourse on all women, which says that white is more beautiful. So more broadly, these visual texts valorise white identities, and it is the white female body in particular that is positioned as special and privileged. So in the Caribbean landscape, which produces a marginalising effect that continues the disavowal of the black subject and points to the existing enduring hierarchies of global power through the operations of tourism. The images construct white bodies as the natural recipients of luxury and the tourists are positioned as a travelling social elite who are elevated above local people and are constructed within existing discourses of neoliberalism, which celebrates globalisation and mobility, universalising this value which claims, and I quote, to be speaking for everyone, yet in practice only represents the views and interests of a privileged minority, end quote. So this articulation features in discourses of romance presented as the face of desire for women in the contemporary context, deflects attention away from the patriarchal structures that shape and influence the terms of women's existence, while the language of feminism has been used to represent idealised white women as sexual agents, they continue to be symbolically central in visual representations of normative heterosexuality and continue to be socially constructed in relation to heterosexual middle-class white men. So alongside the widespread perception that white women, women now have equality with men, they are encouraged to focus on their uniqueness, engage in actualising their romantic fantasies by sta staging elaborate white weddings, made possible through their rights as a consumer citizen. So high levels of consumption are required to maintain this ideal of romantic escape. And rather than being transformative, the contemporary white wedding is one way of communicating the revitalisation of patriarchy and is an invitation for white women to share patriarchal power. But this is on the condition that the female subscribes to heteronormative and sexualised conventions of appearance for women. On acceptance of these conditions, she is transformed into a princess bride. In terms of the destination wedding, she becomes a princess bride in paradise. So this can be located within the context of the modernisation of patriarchal domination in Sandra Lee Bartz's words, which is disguised by myths of choice, romance and freedom, in which narratives of the magic of the market definitely work their way into the intimate lives of individuals. These neoliberal notions of consumer citizenship, choice and individualism are the cornerstones of the modern white wedding as a spectacle. Couples, largely white and middle and upper class Americans, can choose to host their weddings in a location that resembles paradise, an exemplar of good taste, and perform this, this event as an act of distinction. So the wedding industry has capitalised on the desire for individuals to perform in Western cultures and emulate celebrities, making destination weddings packaged as a lifestyle product an extremely profitable corner of the niche destination <coughs> wedding market. In addition, destination weddings have contributed to keeping the existing patriarchal structures alive and relevant. Popularly consumed visual texts can be used to explore how the existing system, in the guise of the destination white wedding, reproduces and maintains white supremacy, that is, white interests and entitlements, by using the white female body to carry meanings of privilege and entitlement to consume Caribbean landscapes, and is therefore not a body out of place. So the displays of white brides appear to be the ultimate articulation of hyperfemininity, <clears throat> um, as all the elements which are deemed to identify the white female as the guardian of beauty are utilised in the sandals website and brochure images. The images feature white brides with slim physiques, long sleek hair and tanned white skin. The, 
All the brides are styled to epitomise delicate femininity and refinement by wearing um, white wedding dresses made of silk and organza and decorated with lace and brocade details, which all operate to reference luxury style and the sophistication of a sandal sweater. This is the kind of aesthetic of wealth that is being, um, being promoted by the brand um, with you know, numerous guests, um, brides in elaborate wedding gowns and um, the drinking of champagne. So it's all to, to reference this idea of, of luxury in paradise. So it's significant that the interests of, of the media and, and the tourism industry have converged and served the interests of wider global markets by intersecting related discourses of the Caribbean as tropical paradise with narrow prescriptions of white femininity. So this amalgamation of related discourses addresses white women in their specific role as, as consumers. And this custom is now a highly packaged feminine performance which speaks directly to the greater consumer expectations of an aspirational, affluent, white post-feminist subject who is able to create distinction and display good taste through the consumption of sand or six pre-packaged wedding themes. So um, you saw that they were giving you a snippet of the kind of products that you can purchase as, as, um, to make your wedding unique. And so they have six themes called Beautiful Beginnings, Flutter of Romance, Vision in White, Seaside Serenade, Chic and Natural and Island Paradise. And so these were um, designed in partnership with the media magnet um, and lifestyle guru, um, Martha Stewart. And it's just to give you an indication of the kind of partnerships that um, Sandals form with other companies. So, so that's just to give you um, an indication of the kind of cross-media alliances that Sandals form with other companies. Um, so um, Martha Stewart... Um, for those who maybe don't know, she's, she's a media magnet and um, you know, has a range of um, magazines, books. Um, so she, she's um, powerful in media terms in her own right. So forming this alliance with, um, with Martha Stewart enables Sandals to court customers or um, potential tourists across lots of different platforms. So in this narrative of the Princess Bride in Paradise, a story of renewal can be told as an example of the refinement of white civilization and the hum humanity of white people in displays of heterosexual perfection. As heteronormativity is a key theme in the images produced for bridal tourism, these images visually display a white propriety which has no original but is readily mimicked. So all white and elaborate wedding gowns clothe these white-valued bodies as a spectacle of wealth. And this is an aesthetic of um, linen suits, vibrant tropical flowers, numerous guests. And this announces the economic and social status of the subjects displayed. So it's an, an aesthetic that establishes what is deemed to be the standard and conveys the way in which white bodies are made distinctly visible through the performativity of an elaborate white wedding. So the Sanders website has been designed to draw on and exploit the popularity of social media, allowing ordinary people to sell themselves as media content to companies such as Sandals and Brides magazine. Sandals offer a wedding registry which provides couples with their own wedding website, a wedding blog, and the option to upload details of their courtship and forthcoming wedding onto Facebook. These experiences are then reused and turned into commodities. As Mary MacDonald argues... And I quote, weddings like tourism are designed to end in a photograph, end quote. Yet the use of social media and the greater interactivity of websites means that the visual record of a real wedding can be used as a product to guarantee future markets. So in this next example, to show you this is another way in which um, sandals do this with, um, 
the Brides Live wedding. So each, each year, Brides Live um, will launch a competition for a couple to have an all-expenses-paid um, wedding. And in 2015, the wedding was held at um, Sandals White House, Jamaica. So that to give you an indication then of... Um, the type of aesthetic that is being promoted by the brand. So not only is there um, a specific aesthetic that they're, they're conveying, but also what brides are supposed to be doing. So she mentions, um, Chelsea mentions uh, frequently that the bride needs to relax before the wedding day. You can see the very gendered activities that they're doing, the way in which there's all this attention given to the bride in terms of what she looks like and getting made up. Um, and also how this couple are being sold as media content. So the, the Sandals brand have made effective use of these interactive internet tools to exploit these multimedia platforms through a complex series of cross-media promotions and alliances where companies can sell their images, products, goods and services. So what we saw here, Mary Kay being promoted, David's bridal, gathering gowns. So they can sell this merchandise which is produced for mass consumption. This is an example of the convergence culture where brands and companies refer to each other so that audiences and consumers are courted across multimedia platforms. These intense marketing strategies ensure that the widest possible markets are reached to promote methods of consumption that are products of Euro-American perspectives. So... You can see that this is the, the kind of aesthetic that they use is this soft lighting, you know, late, um, late evening, early evening kind of um, hazy romantic sunshine, um, elaborate flowers. And it's the same aesthetic that's used to promote um, the sandals brand on their promotional materials. So this is, the, this is an example of the kind of material that they send out um, to prospective couples. Um, wedding couples. So the female subject presented in popular visual text is a central hook around which discourses of wealth are constructed and in keeping with the demands of the neoliberal market to maintain high levels of consumption, the white female is used to convey the desirability of a destination wedding in the Caribbean is an aesthetic of wealth that includes conforming to conventional ideas of femininity, youth, long blonde hair, thin torso, and embracing consumption as a means of communicating this status position. The female appearance must be sexually appealing to a patriarchal palate. Here, the structures of the social hierarchies, those of racialized gender norms, and wealth and marriage are maintained and reproduced. So the discourses which construct Jamaica as a perpetual paradise for white bodies associated with wealth are produced within the wider context of neoliberal, neoliberal feminism, using commodified liberation to valorise middle and upper class professional women as symbolically central to the pursuit of leisure and luxury, which are underpinned by notions of the, the sandals guest, who is so special that he or she is treated like royalty. So the manufactured paradise experience that Sandal sells is dependent on narratives which claim to offer the tourist a unique experience by drawing on colonial tropes and references to British royalty. The Sandal's aesthetic is firmly rooted in the process of romanticising slavery and colonialism in the naming of a resort, Sandal's Royal Plantation. Indeed, the early hotels in Jamaica were Jamaican great houses, and this is an attempt to continue to sanitise historical sites of colonial violence and brutality by romanticising corporate hotels as luxury accommodation. 
Living the colonial experience includes the repackaging of colonial history in the form of the elite Butler service. The implicit reference to the colonial planters can be found in the sandals' reinvention of stylish luxury, as colonial planters were famed for their cult of hospitality. These representations are the culmination of various discourses which have developed over a considerable period of time. The language of luxury, upscale getaway, oceanfront boutique retreat, are used to attract potential guests who it is assumed are astute in recognising good quality and have excellent taste. So the potential guests are invited to take life easy at Sandals Royal Plantation and are elevated above the local inhabitants. And the labour of the post-colonial host is displaced by the notion that they desire to serve the guest who is positioned within a travelling social elite. So the phrase, the longed-for indulgent pleasures, continues to construct the theme of whiteness as being entitled to black servitude and nostalgia for colonialism is therefore repackaged. In the contemporary context, a desire for colonial power relations is communicated in the form of the personal butler who can make all your extravagant requests come true. Continu continuities with the colonial past are enabled by drawing on the narratives of the Caribbean as paradise and the depersonalisation of blackness through the repeated association with servitude. So the butler is obliged to make the sandals guests feel like royalty or celebrity by indulging them in their delusions of grandeur and responding to their demands. Thus, this construction of pleasure and luxury is a continuation of the colonial relationship, which was one of domination and dependence. Colonial discourse claimed that the autonomous white colonial male was self-producing, despite the reality of being dependent on the products of the plantation economy to provide extravagant hospitality and to construct the illusion of a superior white masculine identity. This identity was juxtaposed with the stereotype of blackness as lazy and naturally serving, suited to labour. So the elite butler service claims to offer Sandal's most discerning guests an unimaginable supreme standard of service and luxury, where their every need is anticipated. The web pages dedicated to promoting the staff trained by the Guild of Professional English Butlers boast that Sandal's provides butlers and valets to aristocracy and celebrities throughout the world, thus suggesting that prospective guests can expect this level of loyalty and dedicated service. Sandal's intentions to satisfy guest demands for excessive attention reinforces the historical so association of blackness with servitude, as butlers will handle every detail of your vacation with unobtrusive grace. They have been trained to know their place in relation to the tourist. The black subject is dressed in a uniform attire, complete with white gloves, bow tie and a fixed smile to fulfil their role as a dedicated servant of whiteness. There is an exorbitant play of lack and excess in colonial discourse, as noted in the planters' excessive brutality of the slaves and their extravagant feasting. Thus, as Bacharya et al. argue, white supremacy is experienced as pleasure. So in the contemporary context, enjoyment of excess by the white subject is normalised and conveyed by Sandal's promotion of its butler elite service. So influences from Britain and Bali, but not the Caribbean, are drawn on for Sandals Royal, the Sandals Royal Caribbean Hotel. Every effort appears to have been made to convey sophistication and luxury with their references to British cultural traditions that have been used to style this resort, which is modelled on a Georgian-style great house. The, great, the style of house is built by wealthy slave and sugar merchants in England. Along with the English tradition of manicured lawns and the quintessentially English tradition of taking afternoon tea, such references speak to the intimate and complex history that America shares with Britain for having once been a British settler colony. 
Here, the struggle for independence and revolution is forgotten to allow the Tories to live out a fantasy of royalty and gentility, to quote from Wynne. So the references to British rule and traditions continue with the video, which shows a day in the life of Rory the butler and is accompanied with the soundtrack of Royal Britannia. Such explicit references to colonial history are used to hail potential guests. So the wow factor is played out in several scenes which show Rory attending to guests. So to conclude, so the beneficiaries of neoliberal policies have tended to be those already privileged, white, middle and upper class and heterosexual. They are already equipped with the tools to make the right choices within this globalised context. And key to this positioning is the established idea that entitlement and affluence are represented as female. So the central positioning of the affluent white female displayed in mass-produced images of white femininity is also produced and circulated within tourism discourses that celebrate these gender conventions' performativity of white femininity as the ideal standard of beauty. It is the central component around which discourses of whiteness, wealth, entitlement and paradise are framed, allowing white, affluent white women to carry the discourse of wealth and whiteness in the appropriation of Caribbean landscapes.